0: G'day Sports by Fry fans. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Sports by Fry podcast. Coming at you on a Tuesday afternoon with some relevant news in the AFL world. A little bit of basketball sprinkled in and of course a bit of NFL action as well. Starting with the NBA, we're just over a week into the new season and I for one am very glad that basketball is back. The New Orleans Pelicans though. They probably aren't enjoying the early season as much as everyone else. So far, they are one of the winless teams, sitting at 0-4. And while when you look through their schedule, they have lost to some pretty solid squads. I mean, they lost to the Raptors on opening night, the Mavericks and the Rockets I like the looks of. Their alarming loss has come at the hands of the Golden State Warriors. There's only three teams or two others, along with the Pelicans, who haven't recorded a win yet. But the Pelicans haven't really been looking great while they've been going about their first four games. They've been in a couple of them. Their loss to the Rockets was a close one, and their loss to the Raptors went into OT. But... They weren't really in the game against the Warriors at all, which is saying something because Golden State hasn't looked great to start the year either. I know that they're going to be hurting without Zion Williamson, but from a defensive standpoint, this Pells outfit has to get their shit together. They've given up the most points per game on average in the league, and while it is a small sample size, that's not exactly a habit that you want to get into early on throughout the campaign. In this game, though, against the Warriors, they were also missing Drew Holiday and Derek Favors, so... A couple of early injury issues aren't helping their cause, but they have the Nuggets in their next game, and being in the competitive West, their schedule's not going to get much easier anytime soon. I still have a faith that the Pelicans can turn this season into something meaningful, but... Four games in, it doesn't look like they're going to be contending for a hell of a lot. I mean, you don't want to draw a line through them as a playoff team just yet. But like I said, in the West, every win is going to count. And if the Pels can't fix their defensive woes soon, then we might see them ruled out of contention for a playoff spot before we move into 2020. Speaking of playoff spots, the NFL season is halfway completed now. And the competition for some of those 12 playoff spots is going to heat up over the coming months. I'm penning an article right now that won't be up by the time you listen to this, but will be up sometime before I go to bed on Tuesday night, talking about the best team in the NFC. And really, I think it comes down to one of three sides. At the moment, the New Orleans Saints, the Green Bay Packers, and the San Francisco 49ers all have seven wins. And in my opinion, the NFC is definitely the superior conference this year. We still might see the Super Bowl champ, come out of the AFC with the New England Patriots one of two undefeated teams at the moment. But there's a lot of teams with five and two, five and three, four and four records in the AFC fighting for those playoff spots. But it's definitely hot in the kitchen out in the NFC. Those three aforementioned teams with seven dubs, I think, are the ones that are really elevated themselves above the rest of the field. But there are some other pesky teams still floating around. The Rams have been inconsistent, but they're tending to find their mojo. Similar could be said for the Dallas Cowboys. I think the Vikings are probably in a category below The Packers, Saints and 49ers, but they're right in the mix. And Seattle have had a pretty good run and a couple of results go their way. But I think they're probably a step below. So it'll be interesting to see if one of those lesser teams can catch San Fran, New Orleans or Green Bay. In my opinion right now, the New Orleans Saints are the kings of the NFC. A little bit of a teaser to the article that I wrote. Uh, They haven't really put a foot wrong so far this year. They've been missing Drew Brees for quite a while and Teddy Bridgewater stepped in and led them to five straight Ws. Brees comes back against the Cardinals and looks like he hasn't missed a beat. And from a top to bottom perspective, I think the Saints have compiled one of, if not the best list in the entire league. From a defensive standpoint, San Francisco 49ers are probably the best defense right up there with the Patriots in the league, but certainly in the NFC. And the Packers are a team that have kind of surprised us a little bit after some of their unstereotypical—I'm sure that's not the right word—off-season <laughs> moves, where they actually splashed a bit of money at some free agents and tweaked a few things with new head coach Matt Lafleur. The Packers are looking like a team that it should be feared as we gear up for the second half of the year, especially with Drew Brees under center. But if I had a vote right now, I would say that the New Orleans Saints are the best team in the NFC. But as we've seen in the past, it doesn't necessarily translate to them being NFC champions. Diving into a little bit of AFL news now, and the Round 1 fixtures have been revealed. On Thursday, we'll get to see the rest of the fixtures revealed for the 2020 season. Usually, Round 23 isn't uh, released. They'll have the matches uh, penned in, but they won't have the times or where the venue will be played. So, for now, we're just going to have to settle for Round 1. As everyone expected, and as per usual, for the last five years, the Blues And the Tigers have tipped off the season on Thursday night and that trend is set to continue. And there are some other pretty interesting games in the first week. We'll get to see the Dogs and Pies as Game 2 on the Friday night. From memory, it was Geelong and Collingwood this year, and that turned into a pretty solid game. The Dogs are a team that I'm very high on. If you listen to this podcast, you'll know that. And them versus the Pies could be a pretty mouth-watering clash. The only other one that really entices me out of the rest of the fixtures for that weekend is GWS versus Geelong at Giants Stadium. That's set to be played on Saturday night. Adelaide will play Sydney in Adelaide. Essendon will play Fremantle at Marvel Stadium. And the Gold Coast will play Port Adelaide at Metricon. They're the other Saturday games. Sunday, we'll see North play St Kilda. Hawthorne versus Brisbane. And Tim Kelly will get to debut in West Coast Colours in Perth at home against the D's in the final match of the round. Will be interesting to see just how well the D's go. I remember reading on the AFL site, it's the first year or first time in nearly 20 years that Melbourne's had to play their first game away from Victoria and going up against what should be a pretty red-hot West Coast team isn't exactly the way you'd want to start your campaign, but Ds have got to beat some of these contending teams if they want to bounce block sooner rather than later. Speaking of the Ds, news broke today that they are reportedly expressing some interest in Harley Bennell. And he is the fourth thing that I want to discuss. The former docker slash son is reportedly drawing interest from up to six clubs with Sydney. They've been linked to him on and off for a couple of uh, weeks now. And Geelong reportedly also in the mix. There's a couple of other teams that haven't been named. But it would be interesting to see who does secure Harley Bunnell's services. He can sign as a D-listed free agent from Friday, but being picked up in the pre-season supplement selection period seems like a more likely event. Going to start ramping up a lot of draft coverage and off-season list management stuff in the next month as the draft draws nearer, but Harley Bunnell's spot will be interested to see just exactly where he goes. He know at 27 there might be some good footy still left in him and yeah, it's tough to say. I mean, a lot of teams pre-season will begin in early December, so maybe he will get picked up on Friday and some team will want to run him through his paces at preseason training. But I hope after Benell's what feels like a dozen setbacks with his calves, I hope he can find his mojo and put something together for the rest of his career because he's a pretty exciting player and he would be one of the feel-good stories of the year if he was able to find his mojo and get back onto an AFL field. Finally, the last thing that I want to talk about is a little bit of NBA fantasy stuff. I'm going to ramp up my NBA fantasy production as well now that we're in full swing for the 2019-2020 season, and here are a couple of players that I want to point out who may be just floating around on some of your waiver wires that could be worth an ad. Now, all the digits and numbers that I go off are ESPN-based, so it might be different if you use Yahoo, another platform out there. But... First dude I want to discuss is Luke Kennard. He's in a shockingly low amount of teams. Just 11% of clubs have him rostered, but I think he's taken a good stride in his development. I've got to watch a little bit of the Pistons early on, and he had a pretty great game in his first one of the year, scoring 30 and, I think from memory, hitting about six threes. So if you're playing in a head-to-head category league, getting some help in the threes could be a nice addition i think it seems like he's playing 30 minutes a night at the moment usually coming off the bench but it feels naturally like luke Cannard will start for this team sooner rather than later he might keep playing this heavy minutes load off the bench but i wouldn't be surprised if he steps into a starting role and as blake griffin comes back and that detroit team starts to figure out exactly how they're going to go about their business he does take on a little bit more responsibility that we've seen him do in the past. So Luke Kennard could definitely help if you're chasing a shooting guard. Another bloke who has shooting guard uh, status at the moment and is generating plenty of interest is Kendrick Dunn from the Miami Heat. He's been scoring in pretty wicked bunches to start the year, but I'm not too high on him. I'm tempering expectations with him. He's had 24, 18 and 25 in his first three games as an undrafted rookie, but Butler coming back into the side makes me think that he'll lose some of that. One of the other dudes from Miami who does interest me though, only in 37% of squads at the moment, is Justice Winslow. He's a great bloke to add if you want help across the board in a lot of categories. Here's some of the numbers that he's had just early on in the season through three contests. He's had a 27-7-7 and 7 game. He also managed a 10-13-7 game. And then he followed that up with a 28-6 and 6 game. So plenty of boards, plenty of dimes, plenty of points. Got a couple of steals and blocks in the mix as well. Playing nearly 40 minutes, which is bound to go down, especially when Jimmy Butler comes back. But... Right now, I really like the looks of what Justice Winslow is dishing up, spewing I couldn't get him in uh, one of my drafts. I was beaten one pick before I wanted to draft him by bloody Blake Wilhelm, but not here to talk about my fantasy team, although this last and final bloke is on my team. I added Frank Kaminsky right after the news broke that DeAndre Ayton was going to serve his 25 game suspension, so with. DeAndre Ayton on the pine. We could see Kaminsky become really relevant in the next 20-plus games. He could see, seems like someone that could average somewhere around 15 points, maybe eight and three, eight rebounds, couple of assists, probably make one and a half to two threes a game as well. And Phoenix looks okay to start the season. I wouldn't be surprised if Monty Williams helped them win more games than a lot of people expected this year. So Kaminsky, again, seems to be contributing in a lot of areas. He had a 19 and 11 against Denver the other day and then had 18-8-6 eight and six against the Clippers in their upset win. So Kaminsky is the last bloke that I would probably keep my eye on. And as I said, throughout the season, I will keep you up to date with some more Sports by Fry NBA fantasy news. That's all I've got for this episode, though. Thank you for tuning in once again. I'll be back on Thursday with another Fry's Fast Five discussing maybe some AFL stuff, probably diving a little bit into the schedule, talking, of course, about the basketball, and then previewing week nine of NFL action. But thanks for listening to this episode. Until next time, peace.